Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Moments podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of honest prayers. Sometimes I feel like we fail to talk candidly and open with God about the things we think or feel or the circumstances we go through, feeling like we have to filter or edit our prayers when we dialogue with Him. We're going to take a hard look at this and discuss the value of having real conversations with God about the reality of life and how we can change as people the more honest we are willing to become. So let's get started. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift up my voice, but I find no relief. I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? (laughs) Then let the Lord save him. The Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Do not stay so far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You've laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me. O Lord, do not stay far away. You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. These words are the prayers of two men under distress. They are honest prayers. Prayers stemming from hearts that are breaking under the weight of their suffering. And they are not mincing words. One wants God to take his life because he is so desperate. The other feels like he calls to God, but God offers no answers or relief. One is the future king of Israel. The other is a prophet sent by God to call his people back to the Lord. One is named David, the other Elijah. Yet what is compelling about these words and so many of the prayers recorded in Scripture is the brutal honesty they contain. They are the agonizing questions and feelings of individuals who weren't afraid to tell God how they really felt. Yet somehow, this honesty seems to be considered out of style in our modern Christian circles. We think that God wants or expects to hear certain things from us, and when our thoughts, doubts, and fears appear to contradict that, we simply keep them silent and go right on telling God what we think He desires to hear. I recently heard someone rightly term it that we put a filter on our prayers before God. We sift and sort what seems appropriate to verbalize to Him and leave out what we feel is too direct— or somehow demonstrates a lack of faith. As politically incorrect as this sounds, I believe we've been taught to be too polite with God. Not disrespectful, just too polite. 
We've been taught to coat our prayers with niceties and use them to ask God for things instead of seeing it as an appropriate outlet for genuine and authentic emotions and thoughts. When you take the examples presented in the Bible, it isn't hard to notice that culturally, people were much more comfortable letting their honest feelings be known to God than we typically are today. Take, for instance, the story of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. She had been childless, struggling with infertility for years while her husband's second wife had no trouble producing children. Producing an heir was extremely important back in those days, and to have been childless would have been seen as a cultural shame. One can only imagine the grief Hannah felt. Scripture is clear that she had a mother's heart, but the pain she must have borne and the stigma, the feeling that something was biologically wrong with her, added to the fact that her obviously fertile rival often seized the opportunity to rub the harsh truth in about Hannah's apparent bodily flaw, causing her even greater distress. Her husband sympathized with Hannah, giving her a double portion financially because he loved her, but sadly doing nothing to stop his other wife from insulting Hannah, nor understanding why being childless would grieve her so. But what do we notice Hannah doing about her situation? We first hear of her in Scripture at the house of the Lord, pouring out her prayer and desire to God with uncontrollable crying and deep in the soul distress. In fact, she is so overcome with emotion and pain that the high priest actually accuses her of being drunk. This woman is serious about telling God how she felt, to the point where she is consumed by her praying and anguish of heart. When the high priest engages her in conversation and finds out why she is so intently seeking God, he gives her a blessing, adding to hers a prayer of his own that God grant to her the desire of her heart. In time, we read that God was gracious to her and allowed her to not only have Samuel, but also four other children. And we later find her praying not out of distress before God, but out of thanksgiving for his provision. In addition to Hannah, we also see Job lamenting the day of his birth, Moses wanting to die because he feels too overwhelmed by his leadership responsibilities, and Jeremiah wallowing in self-pity, telling God he feels like he's a complete failure and that God has somehow left him alone. Somehow, as time has gone on, we've allowed ourselves to lose the art of lament, to shelve our ability to speak candidly with God. If the struggles of these individuals are any proof, Scripture makes it clear that not only is prayerful honesty allowed, but it is strongly encouraged. When the Bible instructs us to cast our cares upon God, to bring our petitions before Him, to lay down our burdens— I don't believe it's implying that everyone has to wrap their feelings in a neat and tidy package before handing it to God. The people we've looked at today sure didn't. I think we're often inclined to treat God like we treat one another, to think God sees us and our problems like we see each other or ourselves, to think we have to discern carefully what is said to God just as we do with our human interactions, being selective on what is deemed appropriate to the situation, all the while forgetting that the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-sovereign God of the universe to whom we pray operates differently. That the same God who counts the stars and knows the hairs on our head knows the thoughts we think before we ever think them, knows the feelings we have before we ever sense them. We forget that our Creator made us emotional beings with the capacity to feel, and He Himself has felt those same things when He walked upon this earth over two millennia ago. God is not naive concerning what goes on in our hearts and minds. He searches us, knows us, 
and is intimately acquainted with what we deal with in life. So to think that we must somehow leave out certain things when we speak to him is simply silly. One of the most beautiful descriptions of God's awareness with the inner workings of our hearts and minds is Psalm 139. It begins, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. The psalm goes on to tell of how intimately God is connected with who we are and everything about us. From before we are even conceived or born, God has known all about us. Understanding that this is an inescapable reality of our existence should cause us to become more and more candid with God about what goes on in our lives and how we are feeling or what we are thinking, because God is already aware of it before we even speak to Him about it. Prayer isn't so much bringing up to God stuff He doesn't know, because He already does, as it is about us being changed through the articulating of our feelings and thoughts before Him. I'm going to say this once again. Prayer isn't so much bringing up to God stuff He doesn't know, because He already does, as it is about us being changed through the articulating of our feelings and thoughts before Him. Learning to pray honest prayers means I so trust the all-knowing heart of God that I can be more honest with Him than I can anyone else. I can come to God freely and openly with everything that I think, feel, or experience and know that He hears me, listens to me, and welcomes all I have to say. Perhaps there is no greater example of what honest prayers look like than that of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, when, in his human form, he prayed to his Father in Gethsemane, asking for another way when he still knew the cross was the only way. The physical agony he underwent, the intensity of his emotion before his Father, the weariness of feeling the weight of humanity's sin pressing down on his shoulders, even as he already knew the outcome and knew the resurrection was coming, This knowledge didn't prevent him from still feeling the stress and pain of what was before him, and he went to his father to talk about it, plainly, humbly, honestly. In his book, Life as We Would Want It, Life as We Are Given It, author Ken Geyer portrays this scene of Christ's conversation with God the Father in a powerful way, weaving in the importance for all our lives of honest prayer. He writes, The language of prayer spans the lexicon of human emotion. There are the light vowels of joy and the low gutturals of sorrow. There are the gliding consonants of faith and the hard consonants of doubt. The syntax is sometimes clear, other times convoluted. The sentences are sometimes punctuated with exclamation marks, other times with question marks. This is as it should be if it is to be an honest dialogue. C.S. Lewis said that we should bring to God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. The oughts will keep us from telling the truth. They will also keep us from feeling the truth, especially the truth about our pain. We can be too careful with our words, especially when we pray. We can be too quick to come to conclusions about what has happened to us and why, too quick to make sense of it all, too quick to see God in it all. When Jesus received news of John the Baptist's death, he didn't draw a lesson from it or talk about what good might come for it. He went away by himself and mourned. When Jesus realized the nearness of his own death, he went to a quiet place and prayed. 
Into that garden where the shadows of death surrounded him, Jesus brought his closest friends. His soul, he told them, was deeply grieved to the point of death. He wanted them there, needed them there, desperately. Jesus reached into the depths of his soul for whatever words he could find that spoke the truth of his pain. Many of those words cut him on their way up. We are told that he agonized with loud crying and tears. We are also told that he fell to the ground where he prayed fervently and sweated profusely. This was no Renaissance painting. This was a real portrait, a portrait of how we pray when the earth beneath our feet begins to shake. We pray however we can, with whatever words we can. We pray with our sweat, with our tears, and with whatever friends we have who will sit with us in the darkness. We pray however we can, with whatever words we can. This is so important to understand. We don't need to come to God and feel like we have to say all the supposed right words the situation demands. We don't need to approach him and feel like we have to say certain things we're told ourselves God wants to hear, leaving out others we think he doesn't. What God wants to hear is us, just us, exactly as we are. There have been a lot of times in my own life when I know I've edited my prayers. I've left in what I thought was appropriate, and I've left out what I deemed wasn't. And often what I deleted and refused to say out loud was what I most needed to pray about. But I struggled to say it because I thought it was somehow too irreverent of me to verbalize it. There have even been times I thought my prayers were too petty or too insignificant, sometimes too simple when all I could get out was a cry for help. Even occasions when tears were the only things that could come out and words failed me. But I'm slowly learning the art of being honest with my Savior, of believing that when He promises that He intercedes for me at all times, even in those times I cannot pray aloud, He is doing just that. Never is there a moment when He is not attentive to me, glad to hear my voice speaking to Him in whatever situation I happen to find myself. It's changing my prayer life and changing me the more I'm learning to pray honest prayers. One of my favorite Christian music artists is Jason Gray. If you haven't heard of him, you should. More so than any other current musician, he articulates the language and songs of the wounded heart better than anyone I know. He's got several albums out with songs that have more than once brought words to thoughts I wasn't able to express. His songs have often been my prayers at times I found it hard to verbalize my feelings before God. One of those songs is called Honesty. I encourage you to go out and listen to it for yourself and allow it to open your heart to some things you maybe need to tell God. For now, I want to read a few lines from this song as they express so well what we've been discussing today. The song begins by confessing, If I told you I still trusted you, I'd honestly be lying through my teeth. But it's funny how it's always you I'm talking to when I say I don't believe. Later it goes on to admit, I'm sorry if this comes out wrong. I'm afraid I shouldn't talk with you this way, but I hope you hear my heart that hurts, buried in the angry words I say. The chorus produces a host of questions, showcasing candid dialogue with God when he appears to be absent, inactive, and uncaring. I gave you my heart, so tell me, why is it broken? If you're the healer, why are my wounds still open? What do you want from me? Are you sure you want everything, even my honesty? These are brave, bold words, but they are true words. And if we're being honest also, words that we've all often thought in our own heads about our personal lives, but maybe have been afraid to say out loud. 
When was the last time you were brutally honest with God? When was the last time you candidly talked with Him about how you really feel about your life? When was the last time you confessed your true thoughts about yourself or voiced your deepest questions about God and what He's up to? We've looked at several examples today of why it's not only okay, but strongly encouraged in Scripture and in human history to be candid with God about all that we think, feel, and go through. So maybe it's time we all gave ourselves permission to let go and let it out. Whatever it is we've refrained from saying honestly in our prayers, perhaps it's time we stop trying to edit what we say and how we say it. God doesn't care because He already knows. He's just waiting for us to say it. Maybe it's time we change up our prayer patterns a bit, include a bit more lamenting, a bit more confessing, a bit more questioning, a bit more honesty, instead of just sticking to the comfort zone of asking Him for basic things and feeling like certain stuff is off-limits. God can handle our feelings. He can handle our anger, our frustration, our emotion, our despair, our doubt, our fear. He can handle all of it. So let's begin to act like we trust and believe in that. I guarantee it will begin to change us all in how we pray, as well as how we walk through situations in our lives when we begin to pray honest prayers. It may not always affect the situations when and how we want it to, but it will affect how we view it and how we go through it, because we will know that God has heard us intimately, fully, and candidly, and that He loves us and accepts us anyway. so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are.